Hello, everybody. Adam Parks here with another episode of Receivables Roundtable. Today, I am here with Kirsten Hawkins with SCJ, a commercial debt buyer. For the past couple of years, she has been my connection into the commercial marketplace, helping me to better understand what's going on in the commercial space versus the consumer space, where obviously I have spent the majority of my career. So let's start off with Kirsten. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Adam. Thank you. Well, for those of you that might not be familiar with you, could you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got to the seat that you're in today? Yeah, so um, I am the director of marketing for SCJ. Um, I've been with SCJ for about three and a half years, but before that, I was actually in graduate school for speech language pathology. A friend of mine told me about SCJ and the cool things that they've been doing, and I decided to join that, and it's been a blast ever since. Wow. Okay. That's fun. Um, well, tell us a little bit about what you guys do over at SCJ. So SCJ, like you said, is a commercial debt buying company. Um, we purchase charged off commercial accounts, um, whether that's in the leasing or financing industries. Um, we purchase those and we work those accounts in house. We have a team of collection. Um, we have a team of collectors and they uh, work those accounts in house and Okay. So you guys are a debt buyer that has the agency side baked in. And so you're handling a lot of your own recovery efforts. Now, I know commercial is a very different space than consumer because you're not concerned with a lot of the same rules, regulations, and laws that we ultimately have to face on our side. But that also opens up all different kinds of products and opportunities that we don't see on the consumer side. Um, and I've been lucky enough to be connected with you on LinkedIn for the past few years and seen all of the interesting conferences that you've been going to outside of the consumer space. And I think our AI is really your only consumer-focused uh, conference throughout the year. Yeah, you're right. Um, we attend RMAI even though we are mostly commercial-based um, for that education. You know, we try to follow as much of the consumer laws and regulations that we can just to make sure that we're doing things right. Um, and it's also just a huge educational opportunity for us, as well as an opportunity to connect with um, other debt buyers and other agencies on the consumer side to check in with them and see how things are doing, see what we can do to improve. That's interesting. You're probably also looking at some of the technologies and efficiencies that are being added into the consumer space, because from my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, is that on the consumer side, we just have a much larger volume of accounts and you tend to find higher balances on the commercial side than on the consumer side, meaning we're forced on the consumer side to look for those efficiencies at a much faster rate in order to stay profitable. Whereas looking with those larger balances, you can be kind of looking at some of the pieces and parts that are being done on the consumer side and pull out things that you think that might be valuable based on the product types that you're ultimately working. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with the higher volume, guys have perfected a lot of different processes. Um, so there's an opportunity for us to learn and adapt some of those uses um, with AI and other uh, collection softwares. Um, okay. So when we, when we think about like products, right, and product types, you know, what kinds of products do you see on the commercial side of the world, right? Like what, how are businesses lending and borrowing from each other through what types of products? Um, I'm not too familiar with the lending side of it. I can see from the back end side of what they use. Um, 
a lot of collection softwares, um, having that adaptability to when an account's purchased, the smooth transition from those accounts being sent to us, um, technology is huge on that side, making sure that things are getting sent over to us, all the documents, correspondence um, that are secure, making sure that they're secured when they're transferred over to us. Technology plays a huge key point in that. That Absolutely. Now, I know, I know that you're going to some of the uh, some different conferences, right? Like um, auto, uh, equipment leasing and financing and those kinds of things. Um, and so, like, what kind of, of lending products are you seeing there? And where do you say, you know, like average balances seem to fall? Because if they're if we're talking about much higher volumes, yeah. right, like you, you must be dealing with these average balances that are considerably higher than what we see on the consumer side. Yeah, we've seen accounts come through our office anywhere from, you know, 5,000 to a couple million. I've seen accounts as high as 2.5 million um, be sold. And um, our our sweet spot for what we like to purchase is that small ticket. Now, small tickets anywhere from, um, you know, as low as a couple thousand up to 250,000. And that's what we like okay. to purchase personally. Um, but for assets, you know, we see stuff that has wheels on the road. So you're talking about mm. your trucks, your trailers, um, yellow iron. Um, and then also just a mix of, you know, your office supplies, restaurant equipment, um, mm. salon equipment. We see gym equipment, you know, anything that can be used, um, within a business is considered commercial. And, um, you know, we, we purchase all those, those assets. So I, I got to ask this question though. You mentioned yellow iron. Is that like heavy construction equipment? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've had a couple I'm, skid steers come through, um, you know, big jump trucks. Um, yeah. Cranes and all kinds all of things. That. And, and I know that stuff's gotten yet. expensive. Yeah. Oh, it can be very expensive. <laughs> Trying to repossess a crane is a whole challenge on its own. We've, we've seen some crazy stuff. I did not even consider the challenges of the commercial side when it comes to repossession. So you're probably looking at, again, bigger ticket items, planes, boats, heavy equipment. I can imagine repossessing a crane would be quite a challenge. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's not like you can sneak up with a repo truck and hook it. Nope. No way. Wow. Okay. Um, and I'm sure that the... Um, the pricing of those types of products. And I won't ask you to go into like your individual, like what you guys are paying for portfolios, but I have to assume that the prices of a portfolio or of an individual account would have a varied effect based on the collateralization. Now, um, uh, a dump truck, for example, might get a higher valuation because you can go repossess that, but a crane might get a different valuation because the availability of repossessing this off the top of a skyscraper is a very mm -hmm. different um, challenge. Exactly. Yes. Um, we do have to take into consideration the type of equipment involved in the portfolio because of that pricing. You know, if there's equipment tied to it, uh, we're able to pay more but there comes a limit, you know, if we have a, a boat in the portfolio, that's going to be very difficult and expensive to repossess a crane as well. Um, on the other side of that, you know, if we, we have a portfolio full of restaurant equipment, you know, that stuff doesn't resell very well. So that's going to bring the price down a little bit too. It's not going to have as much value. Oh, true. You don't have an open marketplace the way that you would for like autos, right? Like there's all kinds of repossession, remarketing and dealer auctions if you wanted to run a car, but they probably don't have the same thing for a crane or restaurant mm -hmm. equipment. 
Yes. And the way the market's been the last couple of years um, with just a shortage in parts and having used trucks, the value of those gone up, you know, that stuff's been worth a lot more recently than it has in the past. Sure. Especially if you can afford to sit on it for a period of time, but I'm assuming that you're probably trying to move those types of things pretty quickly. Yeah. Now, um, here's another uh, kind of question that I have, because the, my only experience on the commercial side came from commercial credit cards that had personal guarantees. So we were treating them more like consumer loans, but buying mm -hmm. the commercial pricing. Um, help me understand, you know, do you find a lot of personal guarantees, but only in the smaller uh, balance ranges? Or, you know, how does that, how does personal guarantees and product types play into account? Uh, now, not all commercial transactions require personal guarantor, sure. um, but that's something that we look for. So we only purchase portfolios that do have that personal guarantor backed on the business loan or lease. Um, that just adds more value for us. It's very easy for someone to shut down one business and go and open another one in another name mm -hmm. doing the same exact thing. Um, so that just adds that little added layer of protection for us when we're purchasing. Mm -hmm. And we're able to pay, you know, the lender more for that, having that guarantor. Yeah, it gives you a lot more options in terms of your recovery, because now you can go pierce that corporate veil in some instances or in many instances and kind of take it from there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a that's an interesting point of view when it comes to the commercial side of the world. I was curious, but do you see more of those uh, personal guarantees on lower or higher balances? I know it doesn't require it for all of them, but like, where do you tend to see a larger portion of those exist? I've seen them all over, um, even the small, small amounts. I think it depends on the lender and what they require from their bank or whoever they're getting their financing from. Um, there are some people who just, they don't require um, any personal guarantors up to a certain amount. Um, it's not too often that I see that, but I've come across, you know, those types of accounts. Sure. And I'm sure that there, you're going to find, you know, different variations here based on different products, different banks, right? Different underwriting regulations and things of that nature. Um, now, with commercial being a different world, you know, what associations are you actively engaged in in order to stay on top of things? Like, I know you're coming to RMAI for the education and, and kind of recon into what's happening in the consumer side of things. But how are you engaging in, in where does that commercial uh, kind of world exist? Where, where do you find something similar on the other side of the coin? Yes, yeah, so there's uh, two associations that we are heavily involved in who offer lots of networking and educational material for us. One of those being ELFA, which is Equipment Leasing and Financing Association. They do a lot of advocacy for the commercial side of business. Um, NEFA is another one, uh, National Equipment Financing Association. They, um, they do a lot of events around the country, um, holding lots of regional meetup events, um, providing opportunities for companies to connect and also, um, you know, share educational resources at a regional level. So. Well, that's interesting that they're doing it at a regional level um, and in providing these kind of smaller 
um, get-togethers. I'm sure that there's a lot of, of good information going back and forth. Um, you know, the two that you just mentioned were both equipment leasing side of the world. Is that just the big cranes and trucks, or is that a combination of different types of products that might be the underlying account? It's a combination. Yep. Um, I've seen equipment be leased um, for a variety of different uses. Um, POS systems are a big one that's usually leased. Um, when they're done with them, you know, you return them back. A lot of these companies have a buyout option though. So whether it's your big equipment or your smaller office equipment, um, they usually provide an option to purchase it at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just what I've come across. Um, they also most provide a flat out uh, finance agreement. So where you can just finance that equipment as well. Straight up do a purchase versus, and I mean, depending on your tax situation, mm-hmm. you're looking at things and depreciations differently when you're owning it because you can't depreciate a lease. Yeah. Um, but that's a that's an interesting approach from the business owner's perspective, right? In the different ways that they may be looking at how they're financing the things that they need to run their business. Because if you're a construction crew and you're building a skyscraper, you need a crane, but you can't you can't you get different tax treatment of whether or not you're going to be leasing it or purchasing it, and that could have a, a dramatic effect on the outcome of your your end product. Um, that's very interesting. Um, have you been to like the IACCs and some of these other uh, CLLAs and those kinds of groups? I personally have not, but we do send members to our um, members of our team to those events as well. There's just okay. so much education there too, so. Yeah, I'm assuming it's probably compliance going to some of those and and getting a feel for, uh, you know, for what's happening there. And that's, uh, you know, that's always a positive to make sure that you're staying on the educated side um, and all of that. I know, you know, as as, as RMAI has looked at these things, uh, you know, commercial is always an interesting new area, right? And I think that those of us that have lived on the consumer side have always kind of looked at commercial with wonder, um, mm-hmm. you know, about what is kind of happening on the other side. Um, what, what is it like to not be so stringently regulated? Um, although I'm sure a lot of these regulations carry over. And like you talked about at the beginning, that's kind of one of your focuses at SCJ is treating even these commercial accounts with the consumer point of view or a consumer lens so that you're you're never you're minimizing your risks on so many different levels. Yeah, yeah. it's a very interesting approach to what you guys are doing over there. Um, yeah. I hope that the RMAI this year was a successful conference for you, um, and that you guys enjoyed uh, the education, networking opportunities, and other things that came along with this week's conference. Yeah, RMAI is always a blast. It's always great to see everyone and reconnect on the consumer side. always just get some more education. Awesome. Well, for those of you that are watching, if you have additional questions on the commercial side of the world, I'm willing to bet I can poke and prod her to come back and answer some more questions for us. But Kirsten and I will be answering the questions here on YouTube and LinkedIn going forward. If you have additional questions you'd like to ask us, you can leave those in the comments below. Or if you have additional topics you'd like to see us discuss, you can leave those in the comments as well. But until next time, it was great to see you this week. And I really look forward to talking with you a little bit more about the commercial side of the business. Thank you, Adam. Awesome. Thank you everybody for watching and we'll see you again soon.